Hi, and welcome to Taboo with Mimi, the podcast that talks about anything and everything, really, that is taboo in this world. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. No. But seriously, I go around the world because I'm a digital nomad, and I interview people from different cultures and ask them about their taboos. Why? Because it's time to talk about them. Some things will hopefully make you think. Others will maybe gross you out. But most things will be something you can relate to. So there you have it. Welcome to Taboo with Mimi. Hello, everyone. Hello, Joe. Welcome to Taboo with Mimi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am really, really excited about this episode because I guess, you know, it kind of ties into my whole conversation about sexuality and how taboo sexuality is in general. And uh, we're going to explore something a little different, maybe, or maybe it is not for some people. Uh, We're going to talk about being a swinger. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I've been a swinger with my husband for 17 years. We've been together for 18 and for 17 of those we've been swinging together. Amazing. So for all of us that don't really know what that means, can you kind of walk us through what does it mean? What is it like? Yeah, absolutely. So swinging is is a part of a, a bigger umbrella term called the lifestyle. And swinging is basically when you open your relationship up to other people sexually. So the, the premise, the point of it is to experience different things sexually with other people. And that could be with or without your partner. Everybody kind of has a different dynamic, but the focus is really on different sexual experiences with different people, bringing people into your relationship sexually. It doesn't necessarily have that like emotional component, that romantic component. That's more like polyamory and swinging is definitely more focused on like the sexual experiences. Super interesting. I would love to know a little bit, kind of rewind for a second and know a little bit about you if there is anything that you want to tell us about you. I usually don't like to introduce people, even though we had a call prior to this to get to know each other. I feel like everybody has their own story and they should tell their stories the way they want. So what's your story, Joe? Yeah. So like I said, I've been a swigger for 17 years and I love it. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's become a part of who I am. It's become a part of my identity. So mm-hmm. I am now a lifestyle and confidence coach. I kind of went through personal development, enlightenment, midlife crisis sort of thing a few years ago and really just kind of did a lot of reflection and a lot of figuring out like who I was and what my gifts were and what I wanted to bring to the world. It really it really led me to coaching because I have this gift of creating connections with people and creating this safe space and this safe container for them to share with me their struggles, their worries, like really open up and feel safe doing it. And then together we can work through those things and we can create like an action plan. We can help them move forward through that. So that's really what led me to coaching. And as I was trying to decide who I wanted to coach like what my audience was, I'm like, 
I'm a swinger. Like that's who I am. That's who I am in my soul. Right. And so that's who I want to work with. That's the group of people that I feel most connected to, that I feel most authentically myself with. And so that's the group that I wanted to build my life around, my professional life around. So I started coaching professionally. I became a confidence and lifestyle coach. I have a podcast called The Confident Swinger. And my focus is really on confidence and like building yourself up and embracing your badassery. My tagline is like, get out of your head and into their bed. Right. Because (laughs) that's a good one. (laughs) All of this shit goes on in your head. Like all of these these stories and the self-talk and all of this shit that just clouds what you really want. And so mm-hmm. I kind of help people manage that so they can put it in its place and not let it stop them from like doing what they really want. So I love Absolutely. it. It's It's been an amazing journey and I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's really lovely. I have so many questions for you, but I first want to start by just saying like, There is so much shame around sexuality in general. I mean, you are based in the U.S. right now, right? Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm in Europe, but I think it's like everywhere in the world. There is so much shame around sexuality, especially women's sexuality, right? So I feel like I don't know. A lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is based on religion. I mean, I'm Italian. So here... Um, there is so much shame also because of the religion. Catholicism here really like, you know, doesn't really allow you to express your sexuality. You're supposed to be, you know, a virgin until you get married and then, you know, just be with one person your entire life. That's kind of like how they picture it. Like that's how we grow up, right? Like watching these movies where, you know, you're looking for the one person, the prince charm, right? Your entire fucking life. And so, and then even like myself growing up, like my idea is just like kind of like very monogamous because first of all, that's all I've known my entire life. And then Mm -hmm. also second is like, that's what my parents kind of portrayed. So I would just wonder what was it like for you? And when did you understand that things for you were different and how like people around you reacted to this? Yeah, absolutely. So you're right. And what came up for me when you were saying that is so often we're brought up to believe that this is the one right way to do that. So there's no other options. This is the path that's right. Anything that deviates from that is wrong. And those people Mm -hmm. are sinners. Those people are, you know, damned. Those people are lost. Those people are you know, any number of things that basically means that they're wrong because they're not doing things the right way, the one right way, which is just utter bullshit. I'm like, we are all individual people. We're all unique. We all have different needs. We all have different wants and different desires and different experiences. And so what's right for one person is not going to be what's right for somebody else. And you shouldn't be forced to fit into a box of what somebody else says is right for you. But we grow up listening to this. We hear this story and we don't even consider that there's another way. So there's part of us that just kind of feels lost and broken inside because you're like, 
if I want something other than this, or if I'm questioning this, or if this doesn't feel right to me, then it must be because I'm broken. And then you feel small and you feel lost and you feel broken. And that's just not the fucking case. Like, that's just not, ugh. Anyway, so. Is that how you felt in the very beginning? Did you feel something was wrong with you? I mean, I did. I felt like for the longest time, there had been that question in my mind about me being attracted to other women. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I had sort of processed in my own mind a little bit, but not even like it it would surface, but then I would just kind of push it down. Like it would surface and I would push it down because it just wasn't right, right? So I had never explored that at all. I'd never really fully admitted it to myself until I got in the relationship that I was, that I'm in currently, like with my husband. And for the first time I felt safe and seen and like he created this safe space for me to share. And so that allowed me to feel safe enough to explore my own feelings and to finally admit to myself those things that were really inside of me. And that one of those things is me being bisexual. And so that was really what got us started in the lifestyle was me accepting it within myself, first of all, and opening up to him that this was something that I wanted, something that I felt like was a part of me, you know, that I wanted to explore this. And he said, okay, let's, let's explore it. Let's, let's make this happen. You know, this is something that you, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And so that's kind of how we got started with me exploring that sexuality side with other women. And then that's honestly how a lot of people get started in the lifestyle, but it has grown and it's shifted. It's kind of taken on a life of its own. You know, this lifestyle experience for us has changed things in a lot of ways so good ways and I think it's really interesting because I feel like sometimes a lot of us especially when in where we're in committed relationships a lot of us maybe do have desires but they're either maybe ashamed of what they feel or maybe they're also scared that their partners would not want the same thing right Mm -hmm. I remember my ex did think about open up the the relationship a couple of times and I remember him like jokingly say it to me and I would not even like consider it I would like shut him down like not an option right so I wonder like how many times or maybe where your relationship even like with you would have been had your husband said absolutely not you know so I think this is really really cool and interesting to also kind of feel ready to explore something new and have on the other side a partner that says yes I'm ready to kind of on the same page absolutely I get that a lot from people that reach out to me that they're like I want to explore this but my partner is not they shut it down or they're not in that space and so that's one of those struggles that people have is like how do I navigate this when this is something that I want something that I want to explore and my partner is not at that same place. We're not on the same page with that. That's definitely a struggle. And really what I tell people is it's a process and Mm -hmm. it really comes down to 
building the kind of relationship with your partner where you have open, honest communication and that you've created this safe space for everybody to share what they're feeling and they feel safe enough to do that. And so sometimes you have to backtrack, right? Sometimes you have to like build if your if your relationship isn't doesn't have that strong foundation, sometimes you have to backtrack and instead of you bringing up this swinging thing, this option, this idea, sometimes you need to to backtrack and just really focus on the communication in your relationship and spend some time building that trust and that honesty and that communication. Because a lot of people are going to be in self-preservation mode and they're going to see the negative of it because our minds are just are programmed to focus on the negative first. So if you're going to bring something up to me, most of the time my brain is going to think about like, the negative consequences of that. Why not to do it, basically? Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if I have insecurities in the relationship, if I feel like this is going to affect my relationship and I'm going to lose my relationship because of it, then I'm not going to be in a space where I'm even willing to hear what you're saying. So it really does come down to like building the foundation in your relationship of trust and of communication. And then when you have that, then having a very open, honest conversation with your partner about like, these are things that I really, really want to explore. And it doesn't mean that I don't desire you. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. It doesn't mean that I don't want you sexually. It just means that I want these other things because a lot of times people feel like you're trying to replace them. Right. Or that they're not good enough. And that comes from, of course, their own insecurities because that thought that comes up was like, well, if I was good enough, why would he want somebody else? Well, we're still like, I don't know if you've read the book Sex at Dawn. It is fucking amazing. It is so good. It's like the history of sexuality, like where humans came from. And, you know, so many people have said that we are humans are monogamous but i'm like but are we are we really are we really monogamous almost no species on earth they're actually monogamous yeah so it's it's super interesting i I don't want to rabbit hole down that i tend to do that but really i believe that most people aren't necessarily monogamous And Mm -hmm. so they have, and that means that they have other desires for other people. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. So to be able to openly admit to your partner that you're sexually attracted to somebody else and to create this space where it's okay for you to be sexually attracted to other people, it's okay for you to have sexual experiences with other people. And that doesn't pull away from our relationship. It actually enhances it because right now you have these needs You have these desires that are now getting filled. And so you have more in you to bring back into our relationship. And I have these other needs that are getting filled and I can bring that back into our relationship. And so it just creates this overwhelming sense of happiness and of fulfillment and of joy because you're not taking away, you're bringing more into that relationship. 
Yeah, I mean, so interesting. I think the discussion about insecurity is huge. I wonder if that happens more in terms of like men versus women, if there is something there, because so many men are so insecure and not being good enough, right? I mean, women are too, but like I know when it comes especially to sex, they are so scared of like not being good enough. And I'm sure that's like across all, all different genders, but this is absolutely interesting. The discussion of monogamy, I think it's super, super interesting because I remember reading so, so many times on how like monogamy was instilled in our minds. It's like, you know, we have learned to do that. And maybe some of us are totally happy and fine with one person their entire lives and, you know, to each their own, to each their own. That's what we say. But for so many others, maybe it's not the only way. And so many animals in the animal kingdom are not monogamous and there is a reason for that. And yet we choose in some cultures and religions because other religions do allow to have, but it's only more women if I think mm-hmm. about Islam. So a little bit of patriarchy there. But yeah, I wonder like, how did your um, family take this when you were like, oh, uh, listen, this is this is me. Right. So it wasn't something that we were just like open about when our kids were younger. We've always had a very open relationship or open communication with our children. We've always shared like sexually. We didn't want them to feel like sex was a taboo topic. Right. But my husband is also very private, which was a bit of a challenge for me coming out very publicly as a lifestyle coach with the podcast and like sharing with the world what our experience was. That was definitely challenging for him. But when our children were younger, we didn't hide it necessarily, but we also didn't just like openly share it with them until they were adults. And when Mm -hmm. they were adults, we kind of had that conversation with them and We have four sons and they're all grown now, but every one of them was like, oh, yeah, we've known that. (laughs) Kids always know. They're like, we've known that. It's not a big deal, you know? So they were fine with it. There's definitely like not everybody in our world, not everybody in our families know about it because there's definitely still going to be a lot of pushback from people that don't understand it and don't accept it. And that's still something that my husband especially kind of struggles with not wanting to deal with those people not understanding, you know, so and I respect I respect his need for privacy. He's just a much more private person. And that's not bad. But we're different people. And I am definitely more open and willing to share where he's just more private. Yeah. So I just want to backtrack a little bit because I remember you mentioned polyamory. What exactly is the difference? So basically, from my understanding, polyamory is that you love more than one person and you kind of all live together and you share the partnership, whether being a swinger is just maybe is just introduce another person within your partnership of two people. Is that right? Right. So typically, yes. Typically, swinging is where you're going to have a closed relationship. You're not bringing in other people 
romantically, you're just bringing in that sexual aspect. Whereas polyamory is really you opening up to the possibility of other romantic relationships. And the dynamics are going to be very different. Um, Like I said earlier, we use the big umbrella term, the lifestyle. And Mm -hmm. under that umbrella is exhibitionism and voyeurism and BDSM and polyamory and swinging and all of these different aspects of the lifestyle that are basically it. The lifestyle just means like not your typical sexual experiences, right? So it's all of these different flavors of that. And polyamory is really like opening up yourself to different romantic experiences. And that could be, you know, everybody's dynamic is different. Everybody does it differently. Everybody has different needs. And so that could be that you have a nesting partner that you share your life with, that you share your home with. And then you also have other relationships. You know, you have other boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever that looks like that you see as often as works for your relationship. And some of those are all, there's also those people that I actually just talked to some ladies this past weekend and their polycule, which basically means that they have a foursome that is closed. They're not looking for anybody else, but it just happened very organically. They were swinging and it was one couple had met another couple and they both fell in love with the other person's partner. Oh, wow. Like right kind of at that same time. But is it, is it men, women, women, men, or is it interchangeable? It's just, it's interchangeable, really. It's just mm-hmm. whatever works for you, whatever you're seeking. So it's, that happened very organically and they were not looking for that. They were swingers, so they were not expecting that. But when it happened, they had created that like open, honest communication. So they came to their other partners and they were like, I'm feeling this. What are we going to do about it? So Really, when you have that open, honest communication, it it doesn't limit you like not being open does. Because if you're not open, if you're not honest, then it limits you to either yes or no. Either yes, I can have this or no, I can't. Yes, I can feel this or no, I can't. When you're open and you're honest, you're open to other possibilities. And it's like, yes, I can feel this and we can do this. And this is a possibility, but you have to have that open, honest communication, that safe space for you to share what's going on before there's a possibility that you can make it work for everybody. Right. Yeah. I'm interested and please feel free to share what you're comfortable with, but like, how does it work in practice? So for example, like, where do you find the third partner and how does it work more in practical terms? Right. So we are more swingers than we are polyamory. Mm -hmm. That's more our dynamic that we're looking for. And so there are different like websites, there are different apps that you can go on that people can create sort of like dating apps, but for swingers. It's definitely like it's becoming more acceptable, which is good. And I think it's becoming more acceptable because more people are talking about it. 
And that's what we need. We need to break the stigma of this negative, wrong idea that people have. And the only way that we're going to break that stigma is to talk about it and to educate people about it. So back to your question, one of the ways to do it is to really like go to those sites and meet people. And everybody's comfort level is different because some people like to have that like one-on-one dating sort of experience. And then there's a lot of different events. There's a lot of different like clubs that you can go to. There's like meet and greet. Some clubs do like hotel takeovers where you're bringing in a lot of people that are all swingers that are all basically looking for that same thing. And again, everybody's dynamic is different. Some people go to those parties looking, they're DTF, they're down to fuck. They're just there to like meet people have sex with them. That's what they want. That's what works for them. And then they go off, like they go on about their lives until the next event. And some people really like building a friendship first and that's how the attraction grows for them. And so some people are going to meet people. They want to make sure that they like them, that they're attracted to them. They want people that they spend time with, that they, you know, go to dinner with and that they do other things socially outside of the bedroom. And that works for some people and some people lie somewhere in the middle. So it's really about finding yourself and what you want and what works for you and then putting yourself in the space where you're going to find that. Super interesting. When you go to these parties, which I guess there are all sorts of different parties, but in my mind, they kind of sound like sex parties or stuff like that, which I've always wanted to go to one. What would you say is kind of like, I'm just curious, the age range of people in the community? There really is a range from like 20s to 60s, maybe early 70s. Honestly, the the majority of the people that I've been to at least seem to be in that like late 30s to maybe like late 40s, early 50s time period. And I think that's because you're finally at that place where you're more comfortable with who you are and you're more willing to explore what you really want. So often when you're younger, you get caught up in life. You get caught up in the expectations of what you're supposed to do. And so you're very busy going to school and you're very busy going to work and you're very busy raising a family and that's where your focus is at that point. Generally at that stage in your life, you're very focused on building your life, right? And then I feel like what happens is you get a little older, you get, you know, later 30s and your 40s and you're like, I've built this life, but is it fulfilling me? Is it everything that I want it to be? Something feels like it's missing. And I don't know what that is. And then you kind of start to explore and you're like, I want to do these things. I feel like I've wasted so much of my life not focusing on my pleasure and not focusing on the things that like bring me happiness that now I want to focus on that. Yeah, because in my head, I would have, I mean, I'm 30 now. And it's funny because like I 20, I would have never thought something like this. It is also true that now we're talking about it more and more. And so many of the kids now in the 20s are way ahead of what I was at 20 or, or maybe, I don't know, in terms of just exploring, just being open. And that's a, one of the good things of 
the 21st century, I guess. In terms of gender, are there more women, more men? Is it just pretty even? It's pretty even as far as like mm-hmm. swinging goes, because a lot of people get into swinging as a couple, of course. Right. There are a lot more single men because there are also a place for singles in the lifestyle, right? Because, right. you know, if you're a couple and like when we first got into the lifestyle, we were really looking for another woman for me to explore my sexuality with. It wasn't a desire for me necessarily to like hook up with other men, to fuck other men. That wasn't why I got into it. That wasn't the desire at that point. So there's definitely a place for single men and single women in the lifestyle. And there's definitely debate about whether those people are swingers. And I think that's bullshit because I'm like, for me, swinging is more a mentality than it is actually what you're doing. But Again, that's just my personal opinion. What you find is a lot more men, a lot more single men in the lifestyle. But I think that's also because they have the expectation or this misconception that it's all just free for all sex and that they can just go to these parties or they can get involved in this and they just get to fuck anybody that they want to. And that is not the case by any means but you do have a lot of men because typically men have a higher sex drive they have more testosterone they have a higher sex drive and so they are seeking out sex more than women are and so they kind of see the lifestyle as like an easier way to get that sexual need filled and they go into it thinking that it's going to be easy and it's really really challenging for a single guy in the lifestyle actually Single by women in the lifestyle are called unicorns. Wow. Because it's like that magical thing that everybody is seeking out is like a single by female because there are a lot of by women in the lifestyle. That's a really the reason that a lot of people got started. There are, like I said, I've been in the lifestyle for 17 years and it always right. fascinated me how many more by women there were than by men. And I don't think it's that there's more by women. I think it's just that there was still that stigma and men were still not as willing to be open about it. But I have seen that starting to shift and I've seen a lot more men coming out openly as bi, which I think is amazing. Everybody should be able to explore their sexuality without fear of negative consequences for that. Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about the swinger mentality for a little bit before. And I was just wondering, like, if you were to kind of give us like a one sentence description of what that is, what would it be? Um, so it's it's acceptance, consent and respect. So like accepting that other people are going to be different than you and are going to want different things than you. But it is definitely like consent is king in the lifestyle and it should be in life in general. So no always means no. No is a full sentence and it stops play immediately. But you have to create that atmosphere for people to be able to openly express themselves. Because if you don't feel safe, then you're not going to be able to explore those things. You're not going to be able to let yourself go and explore those things. So consent is very, very important in the lifestyle. That's like first, foremost, rule number one is consent. Second is respect because 
it's really like everybody is different. Everybody's dynamic is different and you need to respect those differences. And that means listening to what those people need and what those people tell you and respect their choices and respect their partner as well. And so that's one of the things too, is like, if I meet another couple and I want to play with him, then I want to show my respect for his partner too, for allowing me the opportunity to play with him, you know, because I want to make sure that they know that I'm not threat, you know, that I'm not trying to steal him. I just want to borrow him. And it really creates that environment of safety. And so really respect is super, super important. I think this is so, so interesting because I feel in so many couples, there is no respect. And most times also there is no consent, right? So I haven't, this as principles, It's just really interesting to know that like, hey, it doesn't because people feel like, oh, how can you be respectful? Like you're introducing someone else or how can you have, you know, the whole story about consent? And I feel like, well, actually, if you maybe take a closer look, there's maybe just maybe more respect and more consent in this kind of relationships that are, you know, so open also about emotions and feelings than so many others that maybe are not. That's just like, you know, a thought that came to my mind. People have this expectation that, you know, it's going to ruin their relationship, right? Like, I can't let my partner play with somebody else. That's going to ruin our relationship. And again, like I said, it really goes back to like you building that foundation of trust and of honesty at the beginning. And I will tell you that it's been my experience that lifestyle relationships are stronger, they're more intimate, they're more respectful, they're more honest than vanilla relationships. And I don't mean that, you know, obviously that's kind of a blanket statement, but for you to be able to navigate this, you have to be willing to talk about your feelings and explore your feelings. And so many vanilla couples don't do that. It's painful mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable and they don't do that. But people go into the lifestyle knowing that there's going to be uncomfortable feelings. There's going to be jealousy and I'm going to have to deal with that. So they go into it with the expectation that they are going to deal with this hard shit and they do deal with the hard shit because if you're going to continue in this your relationship is going to be deeper, it's going to be more honest, it's going to be more intimate than it's ever been before. That is what comes up when you talk to people that are swingers or that are in the lifestyle in some form or fashion, and you ask them, like, how has your relationship changed? Every one of them that I've talked to has been like, it's brought us together. It has strengthened us. Like, we thought our communication was fine before. It was shit before, and we didn't even know it. So now we have to talk about these things and it creates so much more strength, so much more strength. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, And just following up with um, what we were saying, actually, do you mention that your relationship has changed, obviously, throughout the years? And I just wonder, like, how has it changed? And also, do you ever see a future where maybe you will go back to not being a swinger? 
You know, it's interesting. We are, me personally, I don't see a place in my future where I would not be open because it's just, it's how I think now. Like that's part of who I am. Our relationship has changed. Like I said, we had that deepening of our relationship too throughout our journey. And it started with me just playing with other women and he kind of watching and not participating. And then, you know, it sort of morphed into him participating a little bit and then into him also playing alone and me watching, which was really hot. And I did not think that was going to be such a turn on for me. But I was like, whoo, this is hot. It's like live porn, basically. Yeah, it's just, (laughs) oh, it's great. But so it's changed that way. And then kind of recently, it's changed to that like desire for me to like pursue men a little bit more. And that took, that was a struggle for him at first, because, you know, there have been few times throughout our journey that I've played with other men, but it's never really been the focus, you know, and so it was always just circumstantial, it always just kind of happened. And so when it sort of shifted for me, and I was like, no, I think I want this. It was challenging for him, because he had to shift the way he thought about it, too. And he struggled with that. He struggled with some jealousy of things that he hadn't had to deal with before. And he was also just in a different place personally than I was. And he was dealing with his own demons as well, you know. So it brought up a lot of those things. And I say that the lifestyle is going to, gives you the potential to deepen your relationship because it brought up shit that we would not have dealt with before that we needed to deal with. And so it's made us stronger because of that. I think he could step away and be totally fine. He could walk away from the lifestyle. When we've had this conversation, one of my podcast episodes, the only one that I've actually gotten him on behind the mic for was what happens when your partner wants the lifestyle more than you do and how to navigate that. And so I brought him on for that because that's his perspective. He's like, I could walk away other than the friendships. He's like, I could walk away from the sexual aspect and be totally fine. And I'm like, I couldn't, I would lose a piece of me. And so, you know, we had to navigate that as well. That is really interesting. Cause actually when you were telling the story of how like a whole like initiative for you guys, how hot was for you to watch your husband with someone else. I felt like, oh my God, I would feel so insecure in that. And I think that kind of like sparked that thing. And I realized like that when my ex, for example, were asking me that I didn't want to because that that goes into some of my deep insecurity. It forces you to face your own insecurities because you can't yeah. deal with that shit if you don't face it. And that's the thing too, is like, if it brought that stuff up for you, then that stuff is there and you, right. you need to work on it. And yeah, yeah. that is real interesting because it's like, I think not, maybe not today because I've done a lot of self-work, but I think probably in the past it would have sparked something like, oh, what if she's better than me, right? And he's going to realize that I'm not as good. I think today, and I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but I have also very much shifted the way I talk about women in general. I remember like, and this happens a lot also in like in my group circle, a lot of times we talk down 
like we say horrible things about other women that are pretty, they're beautiful and stuff because we feel so insecure. Like that kind of like is a projection of our insecurity. And I used to do that. I would like, I would see like a very pretty girl. So it's like, she probably has like, you know, it's got a nose job or something. And today I've really shifted that in my mind just to say like, she's beautiful, right? Good for her. Yeah. And I think this really much ties into kind of this conversation because when we feel like we're good, we're okay with something, we're not feeling threatened by, you know, other people. I'm wondering, have you ever had the same person, like the same third person or you change all the time? Oh, no, we've, yeah, we don't have like a regular play partner. Like we don't have, and we've never had a regular play partner that we were like exclusive with. It's always Mm -hmm. for us. It's always been like, we've had people that have been friends and have been close to us in our lives that we've played with pretty regularly, but it was never with the expectation that this is our third. Like that's just not the dynamic that works for us. It's not part of the rules, basically. It's supposed to swing. (laughs) I mean, and it does for some people. Some people like to find... They like to find a specific other third person for a lot of different reasons. Maybe that's just a comfort level for them, a safety reason for them. Maybe they just don't like the hunt and they don't like the newness, like the excitement of finding somebody new. And so for them, finding one specific third person, whether that's a male or a female, works for them. And that's awesome. And some people are like, I don't want to go back to the same person time and time again. I want the newness. I want the variety. I want the freedom to explore new things. Like if I have an attraction to somebody, I want the freedom to be able to explore that. Makes sense. I have two quick final questions. Question number one is, what do you think people really don't get and frustrates you about your lifestyle? That if you could, it's like, hey, this is really not it. They think that it's just a big orgy. They think Mm -hmm. that it's all just free for all sex and that's all it's about. And it's funny because really like, you know, obviously we're swingers and we went into it with that sexual expectation, with that sexual desire. And we've gotten that. That's definitely been, been fulfilled, but we've gotten so many of these other benefits. We've found this amazing community of acceptance of people that these friendships and these safe spaces where you can go and just be yourself with no judgment. And it's so fucking uplifting. It's so empowering. It's like you were talking about you seeing another woman and being like, oh, she's beautiful, but blah, blah, blah. You can go to a swingers party and it doesn't matter if you're 300 pounds and you're rocking some lingerie, you're going to have women that are looking at you going, you are fucking sexy as hell. You rock. You're amazing. It is so uplifting. It is so like positive, that environment that they've created. So it's definitely not just that one big expectation that people think is it's just a big orgy. And it's so much more than that. Cool. Question number two, what would you say to a person that is on the fence and Mm -hmm. would maybe love to try it out? But again, yeah, I would say definitely like, first of all, do your own inner work to find out why you want it. Like, why is it important for you? Because I always tell everybody you can't do it 
for anybody but yourself. You can't do it just because your partner wants to do it. You have to do it because you want to do it. So find out what it is that you want and find out why. And that means asking yourself and exploring that. And then I would say if you're partnered, talk to your partner, be open with them, be honest with them about what you want and why, and reassure them that it doesn't mean that you don't want them, that you're not attracted to them. Reassure them that they are still very important to you, but it's like just this other, you have these other desires and that's okay. So, and then I would say, just fucking do it. Like baby step into it if that's where your comfort level is. So go to a sex club and just go with the expectation that I just want to see what it's about. Like I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do, but I want to explore this. People don't, when you look back on your life, you regret the things that you did not try way more than the things that you did. You're not going to regret trying something. You're going to regret not having tried it because you were scared. So fucking do it. Try it. Like put that fear aside and just do it and do it with no expectations. Don't put so much pressure on yourself that you have to do this or this or this. Just go into it with, I just want to see what it's like. I want to see how I feel about it. But you're not going to know how you feel about it until you fucking try it. Right. Thank you so much. Joe's links and work will be linked down below in the description, all the coaching work and everything that you do. That was a beautiful conversation, really enriching for me, you know, learning something new every day. This is what we're here for and talk about things that people don't talk about on a regular basis. So thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Mimi. This was and fun. I feel like I learned so much. Have a good rest of your day and bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.